Welcome or welcome back to the Bertrand Podcast, Running Long. I'm your host, Francesco Puppi, and I'm a professional athlete for Nike and also a Bertrand coach. Today's guest is Wilfredo Benitez, a trail runner and a nutritionist based in Portland, Oregon, and founder of On Pace Wellness, a company with the goal to help endurance athletes optimize their nutrition for training, racing, and having a healthier lifestyle. Today's episode focuses on the nutrition during a race or a long run, which is a topic that we get a lot of questions about. So you will learn how to fuel during an endurance effort, what it makes sense to eat and what doesn't, and some strategies that will help you stay on top of your nutrition and get the energy that you need. For those of you who are new here, Bertrand is the number one app for trail and ultramarathon runners of all levels. Our mission is to make trail running accessible to everybody everywhere through affordable coaching. This is why all our coaching plans cost $25 a month. With your Bertrand subscription, you will get a personal coach who checks in with you each week to answer your questions, adjust your training plan, and keep you accountable and inspired. So here we go. Without further ado, please welcome Wilfredo Benitez from On Pace Wellness. Let's now focus on what happens during the effort. Because, of course, uh, up to a certain point, it doesn't really make sense to, to eat and drink during a run. And for me, this is usually up to two hours. Okay, maybe on a two-hour run, I drink something, but I don't eat. If it's more than two hours, I definitely want to bring something to eat. Um, if it's like, yeah, so like, what are the alternatives? Um, how do we, how can we choose different uh, source of fuel whether it's gel, whether it's energy bars or other types of solid foods um, during the effort, depending on the intensity, on the length, on, I don't know, weather conditions. Yeah, perfect. That, that's all important factors, right? Like you said, uh, depending on the, on the length of time can dictate whether yes. or not, like you said, you need anything at all. <laughs> To, to bring with you if you're running for less than three hours you'll probably be okay um but if you're trying to sustain a pretty hard effort you know it's a it's a long day a hard day on the trails then you're going to be using more glucose right so you're going to want to make sure that you have some of that to replenish so a longer day a harder day on the trails you're going to be uh, be wanting um to bring some carbohydrates with you so of course you have the, the you know the Uh, the choices of the gels and the, the chews or the blocks, uh, or even some people who prefer liquid nutrition, you have the powders that you can mix into your bottles. You have bars and, and within bars, there's so many options, right? So obviously for, for a harder, intense effort um, and for something maybe like under five hours, you know, you're going to emphasize more carbohydrates in that kind of bar, simple, right? Not, not too complex. Um, some solid food, alternative though uh, a lot of people do some sort of like uh, recipe involving like white rice for yeah. example is, rice is cakes. pretty common rice cakes yeah some, some mm -hmm. sort of like se basic seaweed wrap and and white rice is also kind of popular you know get some sodium in there a little bit of crunch and it holds you know it's pretty much just a, a way to hold the white rice um potatoes you know I've see plenty of people who use white boiled potatoes yeah whether they keep it in their car and they kind of come back to their car on a, on a loop course, 
or somehow they figure out how to bring it with them, you know, turns maybe into mashed potatoes as you go, but that's okay. Um, uh, so some white potatoes can be really, um, a really good solid food alternative. And then, as I mentioned, um, uh, if you're running a little bit longer, um, so six plus hours, right. Mm -hmm. And you, um, don't want to be just consuming gels all the time, or your body doesn't let you consume gels all the time. Like we keep talking about, everyone's different. Some people are really sensitive to those sugars. Um, then that's where some protein can really help. So yes, you'll, you'll still want your carbohydrates, but a little bit of fat and protein together can really help sustain the energy, help you avoid the blood sugar crashes, help you avoid, you know, the vomiting, the nausea, that sort of thing, especially right. if you're prone to that. So like I said, nuts, um, can be something, you know, some almonds or, or, you know, walnuts or some sort of your favorite nut can be really helpful for that, including some uh, protein in the bar that you mm -hmm. choose can be helpful for that. I have had people who use liquid nutrition, do a little bit of protein powder in their in their, like maybe their second bottle, not their, not usually not their first bottle, but like in their second bottle, if they're going out for longer. Yes. Um, and that, that can work well for them. So figuring out, and that's the key, figuring out what you digest, what you can handle is going to be important. So none of this, you, you should be trying, you know, at the end of your training cycle or on, on race day, like we've been talking about, this would be something that you, it's an experiment. This should be something you're trying to figure out during the whole training cycle and, and dialing in towards the end of the training cycle. Yes. Very, very useful. Um, also I, I like the fact that you pointed out that sometimes a little protein and fat source is, uh, is helpful. That was going to be one of my questions that you anticipated. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, that's great. Um, let's talk about timing. Um, for example, let's, let's take a, a very popular distance, the 50 K. Can you describe the perfect, like, I guess there is no perfect uh, nutrition strategy that works for everyone, uh, as we already said, but what would be a good strategy in terms of nutrition and hydration for a 50K race in terms of what we eat and when we take it? Yeah. So for like using this example of a 50K, often a very common... Um, so 50K, let's uh, say about, I mean, for a good runner, six hours. For example, yeah, totally. So, so for that, you know, we've already kind of covered what you should be doing the night before. We've covered what you should be mm -hmm. doing uh, the morning of. For something like around six hours, you're gonna bring your fuel with you, right? You're gonna mean want to make sure that you're having something, even if you're running slow, right? Uh, and you're like, oh, I'm end of the pack kind of runner. Uh, yeah. It's gonna take me. And so for six hour, that's that's different. You're not an end of the pack runner. Um, but even if you are running really slow, again, you're always burning both. You're burning fat and you're burning carbs. So you want to make sure that you're still bringing fuel for something like six plus hours of running. So if you're running around six hours for a 50K, generally somewhere between 100 to 300 calories, probably 200 calories for someone like a six hour uh, type of runner per hour, per hour. Is, what you'd yeah. be, is what you'd be shooting for. Yeah, I would say depends on what you've practiced. Some people with, with enough training practice, you know, doing this, they can, they can tolerate, like I said, two, 250 calories per hour. 
you're probably not going to need 300 calories per hour if you're running mm-hmm. only six hours. Um, but you'll, you'll definitely need at least 100 calories per hour. And, you know, obviously the gel packets are usually around a hundred calories. Um, so, so that could be an option, but you might not want that many gel packets, or maybe that's some, you know, perfectly fine for you, but use that caloric range as your guiding, uh, as your guideline, right? So hundred to, for a six hour runner, about 200, 250 calories per hour. That's going to be so. Um, that would be about two gels per hour, or if we don't want probably gels, no more. Okay. Yeah, or if you don't want gels, yeah, then then uh, if you don't want gels at all, then obviously you're going to be looking at um, whether that's liquid nutrition like powders mm-hmm. uh, or um, you know Gatorade, for example. Yes. Um, or uh, bars, you know, or or the gel or the the chews, right? Those blocks. Mm-hmm. Or, or whole food, right? And, and that's just a matter of being able to tolerate whole food. Obviously, with whole food, you also need to consider that, well, now you're introducing fiber. So if you're running yes. harder, um, you know, yes, it's, short, it's a shorter distance than a 50 miler. But if you're running at a slightly greater intensity, you want to make sure that you're factoring in the fiber. Because if you only use whole food, you really need to practice it. Because that that fiber can get in the way, it can it can kind of cause some some distress in your in, uh, gastrointestinal system. So yes, it's it's helpful, but don't just do it without practicing because you need to get your body used to handling that fiber. So that's where honestly, for someone like a fifty k six hour type of runner, I would probably have them do a mix of gels or something you know sports nutrition product, okay, and a little bit of whole food. Okay, that's great. Um, from my experience, like the 50 K has been the longest distance that I've run so far. Uh, I just go with gels. I've never Mm -hmm. tried, uh, in training any other type of food actually. And I think most of the faster runners, elite runners, they only go with gels or sports, sports drink, or just a liquid source of fuel. Well, of course, if we reduce a little bit the intensity of the effort. So for people who may take a little longer to complete the race, it's probably worthwhile considering uh, a solid source of food, whether it's a bar, a uh, block, or as you said, whole food. Yeah. And, and, and the, the other thing is, is, is the practice, right? You're yes. used to kind of only using gels for that amount of time. You're also think about this. You're it, obviously as an elite, your the intensity is higher, right? So your body's yes. actually using much, it's like closer to that 80, 90, 100% of, of glucose, especially in the beginning of that race. Oh, yes. Right. So, so you need that replenishment. It, it almost makes most sense for you, for someone who's racing the, the 50k, for example, like you are, or 20 mile races, for you to pretty much only use gels. Mm-hmm. Um, However, you know, someone who maybe doesn't practice or train the same way an elite does, or they're, they haven't adapted their metabolism to handle gels um, that quickly, then that's, like I said, that's where you might want to mix it up just a little bit. Yep. I have a question. Um, does it, so does, a, um, does it make sense to, um, how should I put it? Um, no, I'm sorry. I, I'm messing up. Um, 
We've had a lot of questions here, so <laughs> yeah. I, I, I lost track of the I lost track of the point. Sorry. Well, let's, no, let's just move fine. on. Well, I've been there a hundred times. <laughs> I'll come. I'll come back. Um, let's talk a little bit about the importance of hydration. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, nutrition, we got it. We we need to stay between 100 and 300 calories. We have a wide source of foods where we can get those calories. Um, but without water, without liquids, without hydration, we're not going to sustain the effort. We're not going to last very long. Not only that, the carbohydrates efficiently right so often mm -hmm. when i see someone you know coming to me saying that oh on race day i usually experience a lot of nausea a lot of, like i said the vomiting dizziness they can't handle sugar intake maybe they, their body says i can't even eat anymore um what they've likely already gotten to you know by that point what they've done is either two things they've ate too much sugar right away, like, like throughout that, throughout that, um, the course of the race at that point, again, not enough solid food, not enough mix of protein and fats, pretty much just all sugar that can really lead to that problem. And that, or, or another thing that can happen is they were relying on a lot of carbohydrates, often simple sugars, and they're dehydrated, right? Like too mm -hmm. dehydrated. I mean, we know in ultra running that you, you're never, uh 100 caught up right it's impossible like your body is always burning calories faster than you can take them in yeah and same thing with hydration you're always uh losing uh liquids and and uh depleting yourself of, of hydration faster than you can you know rehydrate that that's without question th those scenarios are happening but that being said if you are taking in sugars too at too high of a rate or too high of an amount for your body uh, based on its hydration levels, then you're going to experience those same symptoms that I described, stomach problems, nausea, potentially vomiting, sweating, like, like cold sweats, lightheadedness, that sort of thing. Because water is, is essential to handle that sugar digestion. Mm -hmm. it, it, I mean, look at the back of a gel pack and it says, take for the most part, they say, take it with water, right? Yeah. Or... And that's powder, what I do. Right? Usually Mix I in a bottle of water. <laughs> yeah. Usually I like when, if there is refreshment at a race that, that I get to like, for example, some races have personalized uh, refreshment points where you can leave your water bottles or gels or whatever. And I mm -hmm. usually tie with the tape uh, an energy gel to a soft flask. So I grab the flask, eat the gel, Uh, drink the flask and I'm good to go. Yeah, exactly. And so what you've done is you mix your carbohydrates with your, with your liquids. Some people yeah. do that, right? Some people mix their gel mm -hmm. in the water or, yes. or obviously with liquid nutrition and like powders. Um, it's, a, you know, obviously that's, that's the, the formula of that powder is so that it mixes well with the water. Um, that's a perfect, perfectly great way to, to hydrate and fuel. Um, together, right? A combination of, of that. Um, as far as just drinking water, that's important and sometimes necessary because like I said, sometimes the body doesn't want or can't handle sugars or, or sweetness, right? The taste of sweetness all the time, especially if you're dehydrated. 
So sometimes being used to practicing with uh, and just having water with nothing in it is can be really um, helpful for people. Okay. Often, also if it's a shorter uh, effort, right under you know two and a half hours, maybe under three hours, depending on the temperature, um, you might not even need anything in that water, right? You might not need electrolytes. You might not need any kind of sugars in there. So you can just have water and that might even be enough, right? Again, depending on what you ate the night before, depending on what you ate the morning of, um, depending on how you practice, just having water might be okay. But when you start to push the time, then that's where you might want to add some electrolytes into that water because that electrolyte picture is important for what full hydration looks like. Water is only one part of that equation. It's a, it's a major part of the equation, but it's only one part of the equation. The other part is making sure that you're getting electrolytes in that water, right? So when we think of electrolytes, you know, some common ones, sodium, potassium, magnesium, calcium chloride, things like this. Yes. We want to make sure that we have practice with a powder or tablet, some sort of electrolyte um, formula that, that uh, we can tolerate. So just like food, just like gels, you need to practice with the various electrolytes that are going to be out there. I've seen a number of times when people, you know, uh, only use water in their training runs, they get to the race and at the aid stations, they try the, you know, electrolyte for the first time and either they, their system didn't like it or they, um, they didn't like the taste. And so they didn't drink too much of it, mm-hmm. yet they needed it. And so you run into an issue when you need electrolytes and you don't have them or you're not used to taking them in. Yeah. So same thing, practice, practice, practice. It's all important. Yes. So of course, uh, it it makes sense. And we understand that the longer the race, the more importance nutrition and and hydration are going to have. Um, We talk a little bit about short efforts. We may not even require any type of uh, food or may may just uh, require a little hydration with water. We talked a little bit about in intermediate distances like 50Ks uh, when it's important to fuel. It's, it's important to have a good mix of uh, energy sources. Let's touch a little bit um, the topic of very long efforts like I don't know, a hundred mile race. Uh, I guess the nutrition to have nutrition on point is even more difficult. And it's something that needs to be really, really taken care of during training. Um, Can you just give us some few tips or things to pay attention to when it comes to an effort that may last 20 plus hours? Yeah, I mean, simply put, it's a lot of everything that we've just been talking about, but even more important to to get right and to practice, right? Because basically what you're going to be doing is is using that fueling strategy that we kind of just talked about with the timing, right? Like I said, um, for the 50K, it might be like 100 to 200, maybe, very maybe 250 calories, Um per uh, hour when we're talking about a hundred miles or somewhere closer to that, you know, 20 plus hours of running, 
then that's a scenario where now you're probably going to be wanting to uh, shoot for about 300 calories per hour. Um, so that's our, that would be around 6,000 calories for a, like, if I imagine a 20 hour finish in a, in a hundred mile race. Yeah. A high number, right? Yeah. Yeah. A high number. And so, so and that imagine... means that we have to train our system, our bodies to ingest this amount of calories not just that it, it, it means that you have to train your body to, to take in and digest different sources of those yes. calories because if you only use gels for those calories you, uh well you can't your, your body no. won't let you basically yeah. <laughs> like if you go into that thinking that you're just going to do that and plenty of people do right plenty of no people way. they sign up for an ultra and it, you know it's their first one and they go right for the hundred mm -hmm. and and they don't really have much practice or experience in it and they think oh for for fuel i'm just going to use gels it's impossible the, the system just won't allow you you won't finish that 100 miler uh you will bunk you will walk you will just crash right so yeah you'll also feel to... very bad probably yeah and again before you even finish because you won't be able <laughs> to finish uh, yeah. and and you'll feel really bad at the same time so it's it's not good um, so what you need to do then, if you, you need to practice even more so, not just being able to take in that amount of calories, but you need to practice making sure that you can take in various amounts of calories. Because as you know, I mean, you know, you, you know enough of the scene and, and probably enough um, teammates and other people who are racing, you know, 100K and higher, mm -hmm. anything can happen on a, on a race day, right? The climate changes, the elevation changes, um, the different seasons, the people's bodies change throughout the season, their toleration of food changes. So you need to be able to practice and get used to, okay, I can handle gels up to this point. I can handle solid foods. And these are the solid foods I do really well with. I've practiced my um, liquid intake, my hydration, my electrolytes. All of these components need to be practiced and dialed in to make sure that come race day, your body is, nothing's new right? Whatever is available, whatever your, your crew has for you, you know that you can take it in. You, you've practiced this, your body is used to it. Um, but like I said, it's basically when we're talking about hundred milers or, or anything above hundred K it's even just more reason to put in that same amount of practice for the 50 K. However, you just need more of it. Yeah. Um, right? You need more per hour. You need more liquid per hour. You need more, you, you, the margin for error is less, less because less. you're planning on running so long and potentially it's not a looped course. Potentially it's, you're out there for the entire time before you get back to the finish. So even more reason to make sure that you don't have a problem as much as you can avoid it. So again, margin for error is, is less. So uh, back to the, the theme you need to just practice more. Yeah, that's cool. It's a whole different approach from shorter races, which are based on intensity where the nutrition strategy is less important. Mm -hmm. In a long race, nutrition is, uh, if not the number one, one of the key factors in a successful race. So in its practice, in its, in its strategy, because it's important to know how to plan and what to expect during race day or during a, a long run, of course. So strategy is, uh, is crucial.
I have probably one final question. Um, does it make sense to train with, with uh, less carbohydrates or little carbs in order to get used to burn more fats? Like say if we have to do a four hour long run and of course we're not going to reduce the training uh, every time the day before this, this, this long run. Of course, we are not going to um, take care of the nutrition as much and as well as for a race. But does it make sense to go for this training long run, uh, knowing that our energy sources, uh, in particular our glycogen storages, are very little in order to get used to burn more fats? Yeah, to some degree, that's right. To some degree, if we are um, eating a lower amount of carbohydrates, you know, therefore maybe a lower, you know, less filled up glycogen tank, then it is possible that we are going to be burning fat more readily, right? And that can be two things, right? That can be good for using fat as fuel and adapting that system. And it can be good for people who, who are looking for fat loss, right? For people who are trying to lean out. Um, and there are a lot of runners who are in that category. However, it's important to know this. It's not just about eating less carbohydrates. Often what I see some people doing as they are um, uh, trying to, to burn fat as fuel or, or uh, you know, kind of adapt their bodies to do that is they basically just replace the carbohydrate with fat, right? They, so it's the same amount of calories as they might've eaten with carbs, but they've done it with fat, or maybe even more. So there's the caloric um, component to this too. You will burn more fat if you are in a deficit, right? Just as you will burn more calories or, or uh, have more fat loss, weight loss at, if you are in a deficit. So it's not solely about having less carbohydrates. Um, that helps, like you said, it, it does make sense. But you don't wanna just replace those carbohydrates with fat because now you see fat as fuel and you're not having any kind of deficit. You still need some degree of a deficit. So it's it's getting both of those pieces right. It's, it's a little bit of a, of a delicate balance, but it's both not needing to have full amount of carbohydrates, right? being okay with less, Therefore, that glycogen will run out quicker and then you will use fat as fuel, right? But then the other piece too, not having uh, just a full amount of calories from fat. So, but getting both of those right is going to be key mm -hmm. in uh, using fat as fuel efficiently, burning more fat as fuel, that sort of thing. Interesting. Sounds quite difficult uh, from from my point of view. <laughs> so that might it might be useful to you know uh, ask a nutritionist, uh, ask uh, someone like you to 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 reach out for help to because, guide them. Yeah, yeah to, to guide, guide them because you know getting the nutrition right is something that uh, not a lot of people naturally do. Um, I, I guess like sometimes we have a tendency to complicate things. Um, I always try to remind myself that like less is more and simple is better. Um, but 
for sure working with a nutritionist is useful. I do work with a, a nutritionist as well. Not much for like when it comes to nutrition and fueling for a race or, or, a, or a long run or, a, or training, but for, for life, like to, to know that I'm eating correctly and I'm eating healthy and my body is getting all the energy sources, all the vitamins and the minerals and everything that it needs. Um, so that's my, probably my, my final point. Um, mm -hmm. I think we touched a lot of things. Um, I will put in the show notes, a few links for people who want to, um, explore more this topic, of course, feel free to reach out to Wilfredo, uh, if you want guidance direction, if you have questions or anything. And uh, until next time, thank you. And uh, let's summarize just in three words um, the main factors to take, to take into account when planning our nutrition and hydration for a race. Oh, three words. <laughs> so for me, it would be planning because like we need to have a plan. We need to know what to expect in advance. Um, I would throw in practice, practice, practice that plan. Of course. Right? Yeah. Because Make sure that, that plan works. It's, it's, it's part of training. I mean, just as we take care of easy runs, tempo runs, fartlex and everything, we need to take care of our nutrition and it's part of training. And also probably from my point of view, simplicity, because as I said, we tend to complicate things, um, but often keeping things simple is what pays off and what is the best approach, what, is, what brings the best results. Um, I don't know if you have another word to, <laughs> to close this episode. <laughs> I love the three. I love it. Planning, practice, and simplicity. Yeah. And, and I know it makes it sound like it's easy. And, and I know for many people, it's, it's a struggle, right? This is something that's truly not that easy to actually get yeah. completely right. But that yeah. is the point of this episode. That is the point of us emphasizing to, help, to keep it simple, to practice this. Educate yourself. Talk to your coach. Talk to me. Talk to another person who, who understands this a bit more. Um, because it is so important, you know, Francesco, professionally, you, you, you realize this, yes. um, and for people trying to run their first or to run faster, to run longer, it, it becomes even more increasingly important for that nutrition to, to be dialed in. So hopefully what we've covered today is a helpful part of that process for you. And like, like Francesco said, reach out to any of us with with any questions or, or for resources, we're happy to help and, and, and be a resource for you. Definitely. Thank you. It's been a, a great talk, a great lessons, a great lesson for me as well. Um, a lot of things maybe I knew, but it's always a good reminder and a lot of things I didn't know. So I will practice for, for the future. Uh, thank you again. And until next episode, stay in touch and, uh, Keep enjoying the trails. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening to our great interview today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting us with a rating and a review in your podcast player or by sharing it on social media, tagging me and Bertrand. We would really appreciate that. If you haven't already downloaded the Bertrand app, I encourage you to do so. There, you can connect for free with our trail runners of all levels in the Bertrand community in our in-app groups. You can stay in trail shape with our free workout videos and get affordable coaching for your next trail running goal for only $25 a month. Thanks again for being here today. Until next time, I'm Francesco Puppi. Thank you for listening to Running Long.